It's always a lot more fun to talk about your favorite sports team when they're on a convincing winning streak versus an embarrassing losing streak. Well, when it comes to the Grizzlies, we get both, it seems, every week of the year so far. But this time around, a very convincing win for the Grizzlies against the Los Angeles Clippers. One of the best offensive performances of the season so far due to a well-balanced approach, but also the Grizzlies getting back to creating advantages through what they do best. That and much more on this edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Let's get it going. Now, let's get it going. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to this Friday edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening and watching, you're having a great start to your weekend. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you're a new listener, welcome to the show. If you've been a loyal listener for a while, thank you so much for being along for the ride. We're free wherever podcasts are available, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Odyssey app, wherever you listen to podcasts, that's where we will be. And also right here on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button below. Let's Let's us know you enjoy the show. Let's others be able to find the show. Just makes the show overall the best experience it can be for everybody. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. The show at Locked on Grizz. I'm a credential media member with the Grizzlies. My fourth year covering the Grizzlies right over at uh, the great with the great group at Grizzly Bear Blues. Your host here at Locked on Grizzlies, your Grizzlies every single day. And we want to remind you that when it comes to your first listen of the day, can't thank you enough for making Locked on your first listen of the day. But for your second listen of the day, make sure you check out the Locked on NBA podcast for all the news around the NBA, talking about the Warriors' great start to the season, what's going on in the Eastern Conference with the Bucks and the Celtics, all that wherever podcasts are available, free on all platforms and also here on YouTube. also want to remind you that you can also go to McDonald's, our title sponsor, anytime you want for great food. But since 1965, it's not just been a source of food. It's been a source of allowing for you to be able to connect with your community. And we know that that is certainly a great thing to do whenever we get the chance. Make sure the next time you go to McDonald's, you enjoy the great food, but connecting with those you care for in the community. So the Grizzlies had two days off. They obviously last Friday... And last Saturday, let's just be honest, they got their asses kicked. It was not a fun experience at all. It Obviously, you know, after Friday's game against the Suns, you're okay with it. You know, you understand that, you know, it's the Suns. They're a very good team. But then when you get your, but then when the Grizzlies get blown out like they did against the Pelicans, though the Pelicans have just absolutely been a nightmare for the Grizzlies over the past few years. But the Grizzlies winning that game is a better team. They did not look like it at all. So coming into Monday, the Grizzlies get what they're supposed to do. They play like they're supposed to, and they wind up beating the Houston Rockets convincingly. Well, then after two days of refocusing, rest, what have you, the Grizzlies come back and they play one of their best games of the year. I get that the LA Clippers were shorthanded, but I don't care. The Grizzlies, after the up and downs that we've seen this season, and as how low as they have looked, despite looking very high in terms of their potential as well at times, it was freaking awesome to see the Grizzlies play like they did last night. And the reason why, more than anything else, was offensive balance. Yes, 
the Grizzlies did allow the Clippers to shoot very well from the field. Yes, the Grizzlies did allow the Clippers to make 16 threes and shoot from over 40%. Those are still work in progress. But the Grizzlies overcame that by playing to their strengths and being balanced in multiple ways. What I mean by that is you had John Morant with 28 points, Jaron Jackson Jr. with 18 points, um, Desmond Bain with 18 points, Dylan Brooks with 18 points. I think that one of them had 16. And then, and then Brandon Clark with 14 points. Among five players, you had nearly 100 points scored last night for the Grizzlies. And it was the contributing young players that really stepped up. It was Brandon Clark's best game since the Timberwolves game last week. It was Desmond Bain's best game in a while. John Morant looked like a star in the third quarter. John Morant went back and forth. It was basically a heavyweight fight between Paul George and John Morant. Paul George kept hitting threes to keep the Los Angeles Clippers within reasonable striking distance, but John Morant would then come back and keep the Grizzlies ahead by a comfortable amount until Memphis's defense started playing better in the fourth quarter. But overall, one aspect of balance was the fact that the Grizzlies had a very good approach when it came to their individual players contributing. But the other way that the Grizzlies had balance was the Grizzlies were able to find rhythm from both in the paint as well as from three, 74 paint points last night, 74 paint points. That gave the Grizzlies a 38-point advantage in the paint, 23 points through the fast break. The Grizzlies had a 12-point advantage on the fast break. So combined between the paint and on the run, the Grizzlies had a 50-point advantage last night, overcoming the fact that the Clippers were much more productive from three in terms of quantity. But where the balance came in is that the Grizzlies, they didn't have to utilize the three as much last night because they were having so much success getting into, getting to the rim and scoring the paint. But when they had their chances from the outside, they made the most of it. 11 threes on more than 40% shooting. And that is the whole goal that the Grizzlies have been looking for. When we come to talk about consistency, I know that I, myself, and others, I've harped on it talking about the Grizzlies have to get better. They have to put more emphasis on shooting the three, shooting it frequently, being confident with it, and making it a reliable part of the offense. But I'm not meaning that this early in the season, this early in that process, they should be winning games on most nights by shooting the three among the best in the NBA. That's not what I mean. The perfect illustration of what I'm getting at was the fact that the three last night was a complementary part of the Grizzlies' offense to what they did best, which was producing on the run and in the paint. We'll get into those aspects in just a moment. But that's the key that I'm getting at. With the Grizzlies having so much success in the paint and on the run, there were times where the Clippers just denied it. So the Grizzlies had to go outside to shoot the three. Well, when they did, they made enough threes to balance out their offense. And the result was the Grizzlies getting the lead early and being able to hang on to it despite some runs from the Clippers. But getting back to the individual aspects of things, the one-two combination of John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. against a team who's above the Grizzlies right now in the Western Conference standings, last night, they were the two best players on the court. I know I just did a show where the majority of it was about Dylan Brooks is our second best player right now, and that is the case on most nights. But on the night that Jaron Jackson Jr. is our second best player, as Peter Edmondson of Sports 56 mentioned, on the nights that Jaron Jackson Jr. is our second best player, the potential of this team is far greater than if anybody else is the Grizzlies' second best player 
compared to John Morant. John Morant, 28 points, um, I believe five, five assists, five rebounds last night. Um, you know, just an absolutely wonderful performance as well. Again, going head-to-head with one of the best players in the NBA, a clear MVP candidate in Paul George, John Morant went head-to-head with him all night long and got the upper hand. But Jaron Jackson Jr. is the player I want to focus on for a moment. Last night, Jaron Jackson Jr. once again had multiple blocks and multiple threes. As Grizzlies um, PR mentioned, Jaron Jackson Jr. coming into today has the most games this season of two or more blocks and two or more threes in the same game. He also is just the fifth player in NBA history to have 30 blocks, 30 or more blocks, and 30 or more threes 15 games into a single season. The other players to do it are Carl Anthony Towns, Kristaps Porzingis, Kevin Durant, and this year, Miles Turner, along with Jaron Jackson Jr. Without a doubt, Jaron Jackson Jr.'s inconsistency this year has certainly been frustrating, infuriating at times. I'm not going to argue with that. It's simply true. But as I had mentioned before the start of the season, that was always going to be the expectation, at least in my mind. Consistency is going to be one of the last things that comes in place for Jaron. But more frequent occurrences where he could turn his potential into production, that is a key thing to watch. And that's what we're seeing so far this year. You're seeing it in the fact that his rebounding is improving. You're seeing it in the fact that his shot is starting to fall more often. You're seeing it in the fact that he's starting to foul less. By the way, last night was the fifth straight game where Jaron had three or less fouls in a row. That's the the time, the longest streak of his career in which he's had three or less fouls over over a um, game streak. That, that, That right there shows he's on one of the best stretches of his career when it comes to limiting fouls for himself, so he's staying on the court longer. But the overall point I'm getting at is, is that, yes, we want him to play like this every single night. It's not there right now for him to do that. But if we can get more frequent flashes of him turning his potential into production, you see again what he has the potential to be like once he can turn those flashes from potential into into production on a consistent basis. I'm not saying he's Kevin Durant. I'm not saying he's Miles Turner or, 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 you know, um, know, even Kristaps Porzingis before his injury or Carl Anthony Towns. That's not what I'm getting at at all. Jaron Jackson Jr. is Jaron Jackson Jr. But my point is this, is that if we can start to again see more frequent occurrences of these flashes where he's turning his potential into production, you see the level of impact that he can make on the game. His threes helped out the Grizzlies in supporting Jaw and their ability inside, but his ability to cause disruption towards the rim when the Clippers tried to get to the basket also did a really good job. And I'll also compliment the Grizzlies. Their defense overall did a much better job, especially early in the game, preventing the Clippers to get to the rim. But we talk about the individual performances. We talk about the defense at times looking better. We talk about the threes. All these great things are certainly awesome to see, but they are things that are going to be inconsistent at times as well. However, a thing that's emerged over the past 10 days, despite some embarrassing performances, is that the Grizzlies are getting back to what they do best, and they're starting to once again create advantages through their offense. I'll discuss that in just a moment. So I'll tell you this, regardless of who you pick, when it comes to the Grizzlies, there's a great opportunity for you to be able to, every single time the Grizzlies play, use several of their players in prop opportunities through prize picks. Prize picks has the best NBA DFS game on the market. 
Have you heard of Prize Picks? Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and I know you will too. What you basically do is you pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. All of your use all of your users that deposit and use the promo code. Well, excuse me, all of you that you all of you that listen to this locked on podcast will receive a 100% instant deposit up to $100 if you use the promo code NBA. And then you could go pick two to five players and use the over-under on their projections to win up to 10 times any entry. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and the promo code NBA. Use the promo promo code NBA at prizepicks.com or go to the App Store and download the app today. Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Woo! My apologies there for the uh, um, bad grammar. But again, go to prizepicks.com, either through the app or online. Use the promo code NBA and get up to $100 when it comes to match, when it comes to your deposit, and enjoy. It's a great experience. Thank you so much for making Locked on Grizzlies your first listen of the day. But of course, it's the MLB offseason, and we know that December 1st, is likely going to be a day where a lot of action is going to stop as both the Major League Baseball, uh, Major League Baseball itself, and the Players Association try to iron out their differences. But until then, a lot of action could take place. But of course, if you are a fan of a World Series champion, you still have so much to celebrate. That would be the Braves. But with whatever team you cheer for when it comes to baseball, check out the Locked On MLB Network, which has a show for your favorite team, all the offseason outlooks plus rumors plus what to expect over on the Locked On NBA podcast network. Check it out as your second listen of the day after checking out Locked On Grizzlies. So last week, I wrote a piece over at Grizzly Bear Blues about how the Grizzlies, the goal for them, was to find multiple ways to be able to earn victories this year. When they beat Denver two times in a row, they were able to do it because they were able to shoot and defend the three well. On November 8th, they were able to win a game despite giving up an absolutely torrid shooting night from a very unlikely source in the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Grizzlies were able to win a game where they did not shoot as many threes as the Timberwolves, but they won through the paint and on the run. That's the exact way that they won last night. The Grizzlies have definitely fallen off when it comes to their three-point production in the month of November. That was always expected as defenses were going to adjust to them. And for a young team, it needs to be remembered that this that young teams, a lot of times, it's going to take them longer than veteran teams to adjust back. Once a league adjusts to a young team, it's going to take a bit of time for a team to adjust back. So the Grizzlies started the season shooting the three well. The league adjusted to the Grizzlies to make it harder for them to do that. So what were the Grizzlies going to do to create an advantage? I wrote, that's what I wrote about in my piece last week, that the Grizzlies needed to get back to their natural strengths. They needed to get back to their roots of producing on the run as well as in the paint. And that's exactly what the Grizzlies have done. Since that game, that the Grizzlies won against the Timberwolves where they won through their production in the paint and on the run. The Grizzlies are number one in the NBA in, in points in the paint, number one in the NBA in fast break points, and number two in the NBA in second chance points, and number five in points off turnovers. The reason why, they are absolutely killing teams out on the run and in the paint. Over the Grizzlies' past six games, they have outscored their opponents by 122 points in the paint. That means if you go back a few weeks, you remember over a five-game stretch, I talked about the fact 
that the Grizzlies' opponents made 33 more threes over a five-game stretch than the Grizzlies did. And that basically evened out to the Grizzlies' opponents having a 20-point advantage per game. Well, now the Grizzlies have flipped the script. Over the past six games, it's the Grizzlies who are outscoring their opponents by 20 points per game in the paint to establish a deficit that's hard for their opponents to step out of. I know that it may not show up in the box score, but the Grizzlies are getting back to doing what they do best by doing by producing in the paint. They have outscored their opponents by an average of 20 points in the paint per game over the past six games. And on the on the run, the Grizzlies have outscored their opponents by 57 total points. In other words, they've outscored their opponents by 10 points through the fast break. Combined through their efforts on the fast break and also through their efforts in the paint, the Grizzlies are outscoring their opponents by 30 combined points in those aspects of the game on a per-night basis over their past six games. I know that's a lot of numbers, but the point that I'm making is this. The Grizzlies are getting back to what this roster does best, and through that, they're giving their offense a consistency that allows for it to remain at a level that will keep the Grizzlies competitive on most nights. Again, it hasn't looked that way, but it's getting to that point. And last night, it resulted in one of the better offensive performances that we've seen from this Grizzlies team. And it's not, and yes, the Grizzlies are doing it collectively, but let's also not take away a few of the biggest reasons why the Grizzlies are doing so well. John ja Morant leads the NBA in points in the paint this season. A point guard is the man where bigger, much bigger man feast. I put that on Twitter. John ja Morant is the number one at the rim slash paint score in the NBA. He's also the number two singular producer of fast break points in the NBA. It's John Morant's game. Getting downhill, driving, using his speed, using his athleticism, getting out on the run. He's doing it better. John Morant right now is the best open court player in the NBA when it comes to scoring. When it comes to getting out on the run, getting to the paint, scoring, or getting out on the run through the fast break, there's no one better than John Morant right now. I will make that claim. But also, there's a player by the name of Steven Adams who leads the NBA in offensive rebounds. Again, he struggled in other areas of the game. Let's let's be honest. But in the area of the game where he is his strongest, he is back to showing that he's among the best in the NBA and it comes to offensive rebounds. Now, a big thing, a huge step in the right direction for the Grizzlies and Steven Adams would be for some of those offensive rebounds to start being used as putbacks. That's what was so special about Jonas last year. Steven Adams is grabbing rebounds, offensive rebounds, at nearly the same rate or if not an even better rate than Jonas did last year. We just need him to lead to points more often, and that will help the Grizzlies even more. But the thing that I'm getting at is, is this, and again, going back to the first segment, all along, when many have talked about, when Taylor Jenkins has talked about it, when the players have talked about it, when I and other people in the Memphis media have talked about it, the emphasis on shooting the three was never meant for this to mean that the Grizzlies were going to have to be immediately among the best three-point shooting teams in the NBA. That's just unrealistic with how this roster is constructed and how this roster right now just doesn't have a lot of, you know, a ton of elite shooting teams you know, or shooting talents on its roster. The idea was always for the Grizzlies to be able to make the three a more reliable part of the offense to where if they needed to rely on it for stretches of the game, they could do it better now to improve offensive balance than they could in the past. 
Because at the end of the day, the strength of this roster right now is on the run and in the paint. Yes, that may not necessarily mean that much in the postseason, but right now the key for the Grizzlies is to do what they can to get to the postseason. And through their experience, through their ability on the run and in the paint to win games, it's going to give them more opportunity to also have reps shooting the three. So then if the Grizzlies get into a play-in experience or get into a playoff experience, just like they did last year, they can make the most of it because they'll have offensive balance. So it starts with the elite contributions from John Moran, Stephen Adams, and others, but it also is this team getting back to what it does best. Getting out on the run and producing in the paint. Three times over their past six games, they've had 70 or more paint points. They've absolutely dominated. They could not be denied from doing what they needed to do in the paint, and it absolutely has shined through. And at the end of the day, though they've had some pretty embarrassing losses, they're still 3-3 three and three over their past six games, and a big reason why is because the offense has been top 10 in offensive rating over those six games as well due to the Grizzlies getting back to what they do best. And, of course, this all started back in that game against Minnesota where despite the Grizzlies allowing Minnesota to have their best three-point shooting out of the season, the Grizzlies still won by being able to produce on the run and in the paint and getting defensive stops. The big key for the Grizzlies this time, though, is not waiting till the final six minutes of the game to get those stops. We'll discuss the Minnesota game tomorrow here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, I will say that, listen, we always want to make our day better, getting back to what makes us feel better. And for many of us, that's our daily diet. And I'm not just talking about going completely healthy where you're eating, you know, kale or, you know, spinach or greens all day. It's okay to put in some things that taste great in there. And one of those things is Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's healthy. Gives you a boost to your day. It's versatile. Have it in the morning for breakfast, in the afternoon as a snack. Go to Built.com right now. You can choose from over 18 different flavors to enjoy when it comes to Built Bar, while also allowing for yourself to be able to get 15% off if you use the promo code LOCKED15. Again, you go to BuiltBar.com, put in the promo code, or Built.com, put in the promo code LOCKED15, choose from over 18 different flavors, and they get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. Next week, it's going to be an exciting week when it comes to the Grizzlies. On Monday, I will be joined by Grizzly Bear Blues site manager, Joe Molinax. Obviously, he wrote a great piece about Zaire Williams. We'll discuss Zaire Williams' role with this team moving forward. We'll discuss the Grizzlies' success after a pretty embarrassing weekend this past weekend. And also, if you saw Twitter, Twitter recently, me and Joe had different opinions about how the future of the front court might look. All that and much more on Monday's edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast with Grizzly Bear Blues site manager, Joel Molinax. So tonight, or excuse me, Saturday night, the Grizzlies will be on the road once again for a two-game road trip against Minnesota, and then obviously going to Utah to return to the place where the Grizzlies played their playoff games last year. But when it comes to this game against Minnesota, listen, I know I typically go into a lot of different stats and numbers and, and, and things like that, and, and those do matter. But the big key for the Grizzlies is this, in my opinion. They simply need to go back to what they did on Monday. They need to repeat what they did well, but also they got to get much better at one-on-one -on -one defense. That is going to be the key in Saturday night's game. The reason that I say that is that if you go back to last year when the Grizzlies went to Minnesota, they played in a game, and for the first three quarters, it was D'Angelo Russell, um, Malik Beasley, and Carl Anthony Towns, who were the three best players on the court, absolutely went off. 
But in the fourth quarter, when the Grizzlies finally started getting stops, the Grizzlies were by far the better offensive team, and the Grizzlies came back and won. Back on November 8th, it was a similar story. At times, it was D'Angelo Russell, and it was Anthony Edwards, along with Carl Anthony Towns, who were the best players on the court. The Grizzlies could not stop Russell or Edwards for the first 40 minutes or so of the game. But when the Grizzlies finally bared down and started getting the stops that they needed to, started creating turnovers, they came back and won. That's going to be the key. The Grizzlies collectively as a defensive unit needs to get stops. They need to create turnovers. But they got to make sure they don't let D'Angelo Russell or Anthony Edwards go along with Carl Anthony Towns and take over the games for stretches. That's going to be the big key. That's going to be a huge key. Dylan Brooks being back certainly helps because we're starting to see a bit more effort, a bit better intent on defense with what the Grizzlies are doing, preventing drives to the basket, which killed them with Anthony Edwards. What really hurt the Grizzlies was in about a 10-minute stretch from the middle of the third quarter through the early fourth quarter, where it was D'Angelo Russell who just was hitting threes all night long. But then when he was not an option, Anthony Edwards would just be able to find his way at will to the rim and the Grizzlies couldn't stop it. The Grizzlies are going to have to pick their poison one way or another. The Grizzlies have done a decent job over the years guarding Carl Anthony Towns, but he's still going to get his. That's how good he is. The key is, is to not let Russell or Beasley or Edwards multiple of those three, two of those three players, also step up and have wonderful games. Though the Grizzlies have been able to still survive by doing that because they played excellent four quarters, at some time, that formula is going to get burned. Yes, it's a formula that's worked, but sometimes it's, it's, at some point, it's going to get burned. And if you know what you need to do in the fourth quarter to beat this team, just like you did 12 days ago, why not have it figured out to where you could do that at multiple points of the game? Maybe it's going to the lineup of Jaw, Melton, Dylan, Kyle, and Jaron for 15 to 20 minutes tomorrow night. That really could make the difference. If that's the case, play that lineup for seven or eight minutes in the first half and close with it. Let your lineups be able to create their advantages they're capable of, capable of creating by featuring them more. That's how the Grizzlies can get it done tomorrow night. Now, obviously, another thing that comes into play is since that game, against Minnesota, Minnesota actually has won two their last two games. And a big reason why is because over the past two weeks, Minnesota is a top 10 team in defensive rating in the league. They've been playing very good defense. Again, a little bit of it is boosted by the fact they played the Sacramento Kings as well as the San Antonio Spurs over their past two games. So Minnesota is certainly showing good defensive effort on their end. So it's not going to be just simple for the Grizzlies. Just like I'm talking about the Grizzlies can make adjustments, they can go with what worked. They can they can work on what didn't from that game 12 days ago. The Minnesota Timberwolves are going to be able to do the same thing. I would imagine the Timberwolves, especially with Patrick Beverly, they're going to try to throw different looks at John Morant to where he can't be what beats them in this game individually. And if that's the case, it may take another effort, like we saw from Brandon Clark, who was the difference maker in that game against Minnesota. It may take another effort from an unexpected source to win this game. But if that's the case for the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies can control that. That's a great development. But at the end of the day, the two things that stand out to me are actually the three things that stand out to me. Number one, the Grizzlies have got to stop being confused out on the perimeter, and they have got to guard the three ball. Minnesota is number one in the league when it comes to shooting the three in terms of attempts. They're going to make an emphasis 
to shoot the three. The Grizzlies need to make it an emphasis to contest as many of those threes as possible and to counter with filtering Minnesota into the lane to try to make twos. That'll be a great development. The other development would be a better job of defending Russell and Edwards on the outside. And Dylan Brooks being able to take on one of those two for most of the game certainly is helpful to where then the rest of the defense can focus on another. That That's a great development. But another big key as well is the Grizzlies have got to take care of the basketball. Minnesota, I believe, is second in the NBA in creating turnovers per game. That's been a big reason why their defense has been good over the past week plus. The Grizzlies have got to take care of the basketball. Them doing it at the end of the game on the eighth was a big help for them as well. So if the Grizzlies can take care of the basketball, if they can limit the amount of time that an Edwards or a Russell can take over the game to support Carl Anthony Towns, and if the Grizzlies can do a better job defending the three, if they can do that, and they can continue to play with the confidence on the run and in the paint that is winning them games right now, I think they'll get another win tomorrow night. But it's going to be a bit tough with how good Minnesota is playing, but also you certainly would love for that to be a development because awaiting the Grizzlies after Minnesota is Utah, who's playing very well right now, and I would think that the Grizzlies would love to be able to then come back to the FedEx Forum for their late November run, at least a game over 500, and getting a win against Minnesota guarantees that. It'll certainly be a fun game. It was a fun game last time. Seeing Brandon Clark come out and excel like he did, just like he did last night, would be awesome to see again as well. But if the Grizzlies can simply take care of the basketball, defend the three, and do a good job of limiting Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell as much as they can, those three things happening will be a great boost to the Grizzlies' chances winning the game. Can't thank you enough for listening to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. After this show, check out Locked On Fantasy Basketball, the number one fantasy source when it comes to basketball in the world with, with host Josh Lloyd. Check that out as your second listener of the day. My name's Sean Coleman. It's a pleasure being with you once again. Thanks so much. Go Grizzlies, and we'll talk to you again next week here on the Locked On Grizzlies podcast.